0: let get this shit show on the road.
1: Yeah. I just want to know where I submit my expense report to.
0: Submit them to my air.
1: <laughs> you are listening to The Learning Factory. Don't worry about a thing, because every little thing going to be all right.
0: Welcome back to Design... No... Welcome back to The Learning Factory, episode two of the third season. I'm joined here in my studio, my sanctum of, what did Superman call it? Fortress of Solitude has been breached because I'm joined by my my good lady wife, Anna, who is, Anna, just introduce yourself.
1: Well, I'm the better half, is that
0: no that's Jesse he's the better half of the learning factory I
1: actually
2: I actually find this a bit fucking weird now like you two are just having a conversation next to each other do
1: you feel like a real
2: I I feel like a a little bit of a fucking pervert (laughs) especially
1: because you're sitting in the dark yeah
0: signed up for the only fans you get what you pay for Let me turn the lights
1: on. seem less of a perv. Yeah.
2: Oh. Sorry to uh, interrupt you. Keep going.
1: All right. Do you want me to introduce myself? Do it. All right. So I'm Anna McMahon. I'm a psychologist specializing in well-being consultancy, training and coaching.
0: Can we have that in English?
1: So basically what I do is I am a well-being expert. So I advise people, organizations, schools and companies on how to improve the well-being of their staff and employees, and that's it in a nutshell, really. Fair enough.
2: Yeah. So, did you like? Did you use lots of big words? I haven't listened to your other your your other interviews you've done on on uh, other podcasts out there. Um, but we have a a bit of a mantra here: we don't use big words. Um, so you're gonna have so you're gonna have to keep it really simple. Two syllables
0: or less.
1: Okay. I help people build mental health. How about that?
0: As long as mental health is hyphenated, we're good there, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Um, So the way this works today, I reckon, um, because we can wax lyrical about all this for a million years, I reckon if we go back and we think of situations where well-being has been absolutely shocking and you can advise us on what to do better, because we happen to know people listening to this podcast who work for organizations, educational organizations even. Sure. All right. What do you reckon, Jesse? Have you got an example of where well-being has been completely forgotten about? Yes. As he gets his list out. <laughs> Don't name any names. Uh,
2: let, let, me, let me think back. Last Tuesday. Yeah. Um... How about I? Well, what if I asked you a question? Oh, 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 that'd be good.
1: All right. So, in your time as an educator or teacher, whatever you want to call it, we're not um, wankers,
0: we're (laughs) teachers.
1: (laughs) What has had the biggest impact on your well being?
0: Pizza Friday. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's the worst thing. Uh, Public holidays. No.
2: Um,
0: June, July, and August
2: um I, I was just thinking back to even I think it's when what what makes a difference is when you have um like admin leadership within it's within a school where they understand that you know you might have a couple of days you know whether it's in the induction period at the start of the year or p d days throughout the year. they don't see it as a okay, we've got to smash this out, smash this out they. They see the benefit, I guess, in giving, um, you know, doing something what might be perceived as fun, or you know, something different, to then to then get something more out of that. That's making perfect sense in my head. Yeah, yeah. By the look Uh, on your face,
1: what I think you're seeing is that (laughs) come
0: out as like. (laughs) I can translate if needed.
1: well what I think what I'm hearing is that when like leadership take time to get people to get to know people, develop relationships, and take time to build bonds, is that what you're saying? yeah,
2: and we had, like I, I think back to like school back in Australia I worked out where you know, it was a pretty hectic time of the year p d day so the school took us into the like the sport and leisure centre and had different sort of any of the activities that were on there during the day we could just choose one go to it for an hour, you know, lunch was provided, all that sort of stuff. Where it was people weren't thinking about, oh fuck, I've got to see up all my standards to my curriculum and do all that. They could learn a bit of Tai Chi if they wanted, they could sit in the spa for an hour if they wanted, they could swim laps, they could play squash, they could sit and read a book. Yeah. That
1: actually it makes perfect sense and i'll try to stick to the brief here and not use any too too big of words <laughs> but yeah that tool-
2: we'll, well you'll know if you've used a too big a word because they will just make some fucking face at me like i don't even know what that means.
0: I'll, I'll, I'll just be scribbling in the corner here and then i'll just edit this out just so we look really smart but,
1: sure but yeah no that that makes sense because in order for people to perform at their best which is called self-actualization you need to have foundations in other elements of well-being I can see the look on your faces <laughs> all right but getting like creating uh social interactions with with staff is part of that that's one of the foundations the other is like making sure that people have everything what their need. they need their basics they feel safe you know like i I don't well I do know from you Dave like that.
0: <laughs> let's not us let's, let's, let's create the, the illusion of disbelief is if you don't know the interviewer
1: right. but. but we've definitely I've experienced it in situations as well where people don't like leaders and um leaders in schools because I used to work in a school um often don't like they get too big into as you said like tick the tick the jobs off. Going, right, we need to get this planning done, or and don't yeah give people time
2: when when they use it more as a secretarial process. Yeah, as opposed to, and I think what's important at the moment, you know, where there's lots of places, you know, whether they're coming out of virtual learning now or heading back into it, like they are in China. I think that whole having connections with your school is really important and having those connections beyond just the people that you, you know, you might work with every day or, you know, so we're lucky in lots of international schools where we're teach right through from early years to to secondary and being able to have those interactions with people that you don't necessarily work with all the time, like maybe someone in early years, someone in primary, different department, whatever, where you're just having that human interaction And it's not even talking about school because, you know, if you're talking with someone at the other end of the school, it might be something completely different. But being given those opportunities to be able to do that at school, when when you're given time to do it at work, I think that's where you then can see that, all right, leadership are placing importance on this. If that never happens and it's up to an individual, you know, up to groups of people to say, oh, let's, you know, let's catch up on the weekend or whatever, whatever then that's different because you're not
0: being given that time. So it's not valued. Yeah. It's like the, the best conversations about teaching is when they start off, not about teaching because we all quite like our jobs and we're going to end up talking about it anyway. If you're given time, like at a lunch break or a meeting or something like that to start talking about it, you're, yeah. you're going to chat about football and then you're going to start talking about something else. And that's going to lead into people realizing but that I you're think- not just the design guy, you're actually a human being. And then you can start talking about life yeah
2: but i think also being having an opportunity you know talking about what you do at school to someone that may have no idea what it is it's not that you're then sitting there bitching about something about you know how shit it's been whatever blah 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 where you're actually explaining you know oh this is what design is and this is what we sort of got the kids doing sort of thing yeah what do you what's a day look like for you is it true that you just wipe bums and clean spew all day no, we don't in early years. This is a sort of you know,
0: yeah, this is not so.
1: <laughs> you don't spend all day colouring in.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, and if you think about it as well, especially like in the international circuits, people move and are for for schools. Like the only reason that you have you would land in that place is to work at the school. Mm. The school can be so important and influential in those other psychological needs that you you require whether it's making friends or being part of a social circle or getting involved with sports so if you don't have opportunities to connect with people chat you're going to miss out on all of that as well and i think it's like vastly underrated like the importance of having a communal staff room to go to oh yeah like, how many teachers yes. do you go eat lunch at their desk every day? Yeah, yeah.
0: Or, or, or go down to their their spouse who works in primary school and eats just with them. Yeah, yeah.
2: Having a like a Friday um, morning tea at lunchtime sort of thing where people have a bit more time. So you know, each department's putting it on each week, getting people to come together, actually have a chat, meet people. You know, yeah. yeah. There's there's people that probably didn't even realize that they both work at
0: the same school yeah you've seen somebody you've seen all oh, that other other western block in the in the city and you're like oh he works there too yeah 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 so i but, think that's
1: important it's doing yeah it's doing things like that but it having it regularly as well it not being like once a year or once a term mm. you know so that you can actually it becomes kind of part of the fabric of the place or part of your habit that you go and you socialise with other people. Yeah, and
2: it's about breaking that catch-22, right? Because there's always going to be people that complain that it doesn't work. And it's like, yeah, and it won't work if you don't want to make it work. Mm-hmm. If you want to get out and talk to people, yeah. then you got to do it.
1: Yeah. It also kind of, I think, well, it, it does. it relies on having a few people as well that are what you call like positive energizers, people that kind of bring other people together, people that will maybe are a little bit more extroverted or that will start a conversation with you. And even if you have a few of those and you can kind of utilize them in those situations, that's why it's good to have when, when schools are hiring in that, like it's good to have a variety of personalities. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that you have that mix of people and
2: what, yeah, and what then really gets I guess it's not it's not dangerous, but it can be very detrimental is when you see those those positive people when they end up becoming broken by the system.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, that's like yeah, that's like the uh, the canary in the mine, isn't it? It's yeah, like, base is gone. That's fucked. Yeah, or somebody yeah. you saw like a year ago who was like go, gung ho, going for it, and they're just. Clocking in and clocking out, yeah.
1: That's the key. Yeah, but then it takes, I mean, it takes people to realise that as well and and go, hang on a second, there's something going on here. I mean, how how long can the canary sit in the cage dead before anyone has
2: True, true. So if you were going, if you were looking at going to another school, Anna, um, and whereas in the past you might have looked at, okay, I'm I'm looking at maybe how well programs established Maybe looking at location, those types of things. Which things like location, yes, it can have a big impact on on someone's wellbeing. What are some of the questions that you might ask in the future, like to people that you're interviewing you, to try and get that sense of of what the well being's really like at the school?
1: Yeah, well, like I questions I would certainly ask, and I encourage everybody else to ask is asking the leadership what do you do for teacher well-being at your school what's your philosophy of well-being at the school and an insight into that is if if schools talk only about student Mm well-being I that's a bit of a red flag because ignoring occupational well-being teacher well-being you're not actually going to make a solid impact on student well-being if you ignore teacher well-being So that's two questions I definitely ask. What's your philosophy of well-being? What do you do for teacher well-being? And I think out of the answers from that, you'll get an insight into if they even acknowledge it, if they are proactive about it. Because it's not the thing about well-being as well, is it's not just about fixing problems or seeing a problem and going in and, and putting in a stress management course for everybody. But what does the school proactively do to encourage well-being, whether it's staff or students?
0: Stop getting stressed in the first place.
1: Yeah, exactly. Or do they recognise the need for social interactions at the school and ensure that the first two weeks out of everyone's induction week that there is social events and an opportunity to mix and talk? Do they acknowledge that? Do they do things like, and again, like, As international teachers, you know, we need housing, basic needs. You need to feel secure when you land on the ground. Mm. Do the school acknowledge that they're responsible for that? Mm. If you get a school that kind of says like, well, you're here now and um, Off off you go, you'll figure it out. You find yourself a house and that they're not kind of aware of what people need. To feel secure and be able to actually work and be at their best.
2: Yeah, and I think it's also having like schools. No, you're, ne- you're never going to have it where a, a school is a completely stress free environment where, you know, no one has anything to worry about at all. There's always going to be times. But I think it's important as like in leadership to then understand those pinch points that are going to happen throughout the year. Um, four different people as well. They happen at different times for, for, for different teachers. So <clears throat> having that understanding and and sometimes it's you know as simple as stopping by a classroom and, and, and checking in on a teacher, mm-hmm. having a conversation with them that's not, you know, it doesn't have a, a, a hidden agenda. It's just, you know, it's
0: not an observation. Going on. How are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah but well, that- but
2: also understanding you know understanding people's situations you know what's happening in their life outside of school mm-hmm. that can then you know might be contributing to to maybe stress levels or some anxiety those types of things having your your finger on the pulse on that and, yeah. and it's not you know you, you we're not saying here that a principal or head of school or whatever it needs to be the person that that does all that but to be aware to
1: I think that's really important like what you say about actually understanding people like I remember years ago when I started off teaching and um it was actually like we had done this workshop about how to talk to parents and how to deal with parents and the advice in it was always say to them yes I understand what you're where you're coming from but it wasn't Mm -hmm. understand where they're coming from say that you understand where you're coming from and there's a massive like massive difference in that if somebody Mm -hmm. is willing to sit come and talk to you sit and listen and understand where you are what's going on with you like that's a good leader not somebody who and you know you know it as well like Mm -hmm. we've all heard people go to you yes I understand where you're coming from like no you actually fucking fucking don't don't. like you have no idea where I'm coming from but you are pitching that line out to me to make me try and feel better or you're reading a line from me from a difficult conversations book (laughs) that you've like gone through in your last pd
0: it's not you it's me (laughs) oh no shit that's the wrong book what, so hold on, we have we've, we've got a lot of well, we don't have a lot of listeners, but we've got listeners. And some of those listeners may be in charge of departments, right? So we've kind of gone, we've talked upwards, you know, what the big head honchos can do. If you'll we'll never know though, because they never write any questions. Never, either, I never like, share, and subscribe <clears throat> to use a phrase. Uh so yeah. Bastards. Uh we love you. So the if if you're in charge of people, if it's one two or, or, or 10 people in your design department, if, if you're a design, or you're an NYP coordinator who got lost, and hi, welcome to the podcast. Um, what's something small you can do, besides obviously like getting to know stresses that are affecting your, your team members and, and just not being an arsehole? What's something you can do tomorrow to just improve your,
1: your practice? I would say before anything else, before like subject knowledge or anything else, build relationships and focus on building relationships, whether it's with your team members, your department members, your colleagues, the TA in your classroom, build relationships and build authentic relationships as well. Because once you have that as a solid foundation, everything else will will come on top of it. Collaboration will come, trust will come, um, and you'll actually connect with somebody,
2: mm. yeah, I found that like reading through you know, cVs and stuff and then picking like picking something that jumps out that's that's nothing to do with with work, you know, maybe it's something that they enjoy doing, maybe it's somewhere they travel to, whatever, but picking something out to then have that start that conversation when you first meet someone. so you're not instantly starting talking about work it's something else that you then you talk about where sort of changes the whole dynamics of that initial conversation and then by by doing that by then you know creating that conversation it's not about work from the start you end up finding a lot more out about the person because you're not talking about oh where did you work you know what were the kids like in south london know
1: (laughs) well if you think back to like good colleagues that you've worked with or or when you've been like at your your happiest at work what are the things that you recognize that, that were part of that that helped with it
0: it's it's people first work later and you can chill out and and it's it it's funny it's like it's exactly what you're told to do with students you build relationships and get to know the kids and then the work will follow. If you mm-hmm. come in all guns blazing going, criteria D isn't done, you know, they don't give a shit. But if you ask them about their day, they're more inclined to do it.
2: Yeah, and you see that, like, you look at it with, you know, business people, you know, like tradies or the, 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 the guy at the local hardware shop, the, the guy that puts his and gets to know the customers first and, and sees them as as a customer, and as as a person, not just as a, a transaction, he's going to enjoy his job a lot more. than.
1: yeah, that's exactly it. Like you're building a vested interest. Mm. You have a vested interest in in that dep- person, and they have a vested interest in you. You're being authentic with each other. Then you're not you're not getting your planning or getting something to them because fuck, I'm going to get in trouble if I don't. You're doing it because you want to do it for that person yeah. or you want, or you enjoy sitting and planning with them and chatting ideas because you're on a similar wavelength or you've built a similar wavelength together. Yeah.
0: yeah. Know each other. You know they're looking for. And it's,
2: yeah. And yeah, you do all that. And yes, in the long run, it's more beneficial. It's more productive for your school, but you shouldn't do it because of that. You should just do it because it's the right fucking thing to do.
1: <laughs> yeah, Yeah. That's the other thing as well. It's like, Mm. Uh, yeah it's the right it's the right thing to do and it's the way of being like at your best and your Mm. happiest at work like I mean maybe there are people like this but I don't think anyone goes into work in the morning going god I can't wait to fuck somebody over
0: I don't know I've met a couple of those pricks (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) don't name any names but I've got a fucking list Um, that's funny though because when you say like you come in to work and you should be doing it for the sake of doing it because you like doing it and we're teachers, we like teaching for the most part. But then you're an international school teacher or you're an IB teacher. So you're, let's face it, most likely in a private school, you've probably got a good, good wicket. And there's that thing of, oh, maybe I should just keep my mouth shut. And, and I'm not doing it now for the, for the sake of doing it. I'm now doing it for the job, for the money, for the whatever else. So things are bad here. The well-being is going down the toilet. But I should keep my mouth shut. Um, because I'm on a good wicket, and so people's perspectives—they got into the job for one reason, but now they're staying in it for a different reason, and they're not willing to speak up about their well-being. It's like that—that that toxic.
1: Yeah, it's toxic positivity.
0: Yeah. So.
2: And it's not—it's not even necessarily that they're on a good wicket. Sometimes it's like I'm just going kind to of keep my mouth shut out of fear of retribution. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that's—I mean, like that's dangerous because that's when you see people starting to recoil lose interest you go in and you you clock in and you clock out and you do your bare minimum and you shut yourself into your classroom and you're still doing it for the kids like the kids um are your motivation to be there but you don't have invested in interest in the school or the community around you and i think i and i've i've experienced this like with with a lot of teachers that i talk to where they expect oh, well, we get summer holidays off and we get more holidays than so many other professions. So yeah, it's only right then I do three hours of marking every night or, you know, (laughs) I get my rent paid. So of course I should work eight Saturdays in the year. And no, like absolutely not. That's toxic positivity and pretending it's all fine. It's all good Mm. because in some way you're counteracting it in your own mind that toxic positivity will eventually wear you down. It's dangerous. Whereas like, it's okay. Like teachers, like any employees, you're, you're an asset. You're an asset. Mm-hmm. You're, you weren't employed out of a favor. Well, maybe you were, but like, <laughs> you're, not, you're not there for show. You're not there uh, just to keep the seat warm. You're there because you're good at your job. You're qualified. And you need to see yourself as an asset as well.
2: You know, you just said about assets and and as for leadership and for schools, the teachers are their assets. And if you have a car and it starts running shit out, you don't continue to drive it into the ground. You take it to the mechanic, you find out what's wrong and you make sure that you keep doing that in order to keep it running properly. So I think it's the same. I'm not sure why when it comes to then employees not just at a school at any workplace yeah. you don't treat those assets with the same you know care a, a, as you do your car or you know
1: yeah exactly or taking the time to to fine tune it and then so that you can get it running better and better and because it's not just about fixing a problem it's yeah. like all right you could be going fine at school fine with your work but Is there anything we can do to go back to your analogy of the car? Like, is there anything we can do to fine-tune it, to make it even better, make it go at optimum speed or optimum performance?
0: So you're like, you put racing stripes on professionals.
1: Yeah, like you stick the car to box of the bike.
2: Well, that's right. When the mechanic says to you, you can't drop it from fifth back into second while you're on the freeway, it's going to fucking drop the engine out of it. And you're like, oh, right, I didn't realise that. And then you go and do it again straight away. I mean, that happens so many times in school. Don't, you know, let's not overload teachers. Let's not do this. Let's be conscious of their time. All right, but yeah, sorry, we're going to have to do this. We've got this this deadline coming up. We're going to have to do this.
1: And it's like some of the overloading of teachers, just it comes across from, or it comes about because of that, again, like that lack of understanding. People that are not in your classroom that don't know what you're doing that don't understand like the amount of marking that you have or the demand that certain students put on you um and then and if you're not speaking up about it and advocating for yourself like it's okay to say i'm fully loaded right now i can't take anything else on
0: that's fine for us now because we we don't give a shit about what we say Given why we have this podcast. But um if I'm a a first year teacher or I'm this is my first year in a school, I'm on a really I'm in a really good school, but I want to stay here, but it's just all going to shit and I'm nervous about what to say. How do I say that?
1: You have to advocate for yourself. There's nothing there is, and this is like a mindset that that teachers are like you see it all the time with teachers that like you um you're like a martyr. Like you can't take a sick day because it's too much, much effort. Or you, you know, you can't say that's too much. Or um it's because it's this kind of caring profession. I think people feel that they have to do all aspects of it. And you can't say no, and that's not. It's not yeah. true.
2: Hmm. I think, but I, I also think that there are people out there that that probably, if they were to say something, then they would be. Uh, you know, suffer some consequences of that because there are those types of leaders out there that would say, well, that's the deal, David. If you don't like it,
0: fuck off. You're getting paid a wage.
1: Yeah.
2: As
0: I yeah. heard a, a, a leader once said, you're getting paid a wage if you don't like it. You know, there's the door.
1: I well, suppose yeah. in that situation you have to, you have to think like, the Is door. this
2: the place I want to work? Yeah. That's right. So I think there's there's definitely a responsibility you you have to advocate for yourself and you know and 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 voice you know if you're struggling voice that. Now maybe you don't you you can choose who you voice that to maybe to trusted colleague maybe you know whoever but I think there's definitely a responsibility that in in all workplace those that are in positions of responsibility you know line managers all those types of things they have a responsibility to make sure that they're gauging that for the people underneath them as well
1: yeah definitely Mm. i think of like one of the the best leaders that uh i know and that you guys have worked with as well and because they modeled having boundaries and you know like would come and sit in the staff room every day and eat lunch with everybody and would Mm. say and and talked about it in meetings how it's okay to say no and you should say no you can't take it all on board, and they modelled that and made it okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. You, you
2: people people didn't feel they'd be punished when they said, "No, I can't
0: do that." Yeah, uh, that's five o'clock on a Friday evening. No, sorry, I'll be busy
1: yeah. in
0: the pub. Yeah,
1: but so, it's even so, you have your own boundaries of don't check your email outside of work work hours. Yeah. You have no power over what time somebody sends you an email. But you have power over when you check it and when you respond. And
2: yeah. that's right. And if you're someone that wants to work all night and all weekend, by all means. Mm. You can do that. But you have to then have, and this is what the problem is sometimes with then with with people who are in, you know, line managers or whatever, sometimes they tend to then think that those below them I work in the same hours that they are. And that's where it then gets a little toxic.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. They they expect because I'm working at eight o'clock and I send to me at eight o'clock. My workflow is now interrupted because the person working for me is not working at eight o'clock and you're building up all this negative energy about that person, but they've actually got a good boundaries system and they're yeah. saying, "No, nah, fuck him. I'm looking after my kids or, or whatever. Mm.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So,
1: well, like I used to do. This. Getting to
0: know people is going to c- combat that, isn't it? Though building the relationships.
1: Well, that's it exactly. Like I said, getting to know people. And like when I was working in leadership, I remember this one person on my my team. I used to I had noticed a pattern of they were sending me emails at 10, 10 30 at night, and I just went and spoke to him, and I was like, "Are you, Can you tell me about why you're emailing at ten thirty at night?" and he was like i just prefer to get it off my chest then when it's rather than it ticking around my mind i was like as long as you are genuinely okay with that because don't feel that you have to yeah and it wasn't me saying to him don't email me at 10:30 at night or stop doing that but it's it's kind of like that going in and understanding and just asking like seeking to understand asking why why is that why why are you emailing at that time of night? Are you, do you have too much on your plate right now? Do you need me to to see if we can read yeah. something? Or are you genuinely happy to do that?
2: Often, you know, email, I think it gets overused way too much. So like one of my big things was I would, I'd prefer to go and speak to the person.
1: Yeah. You
2: know, simple question. And people say, oh, you'd save yourself so much time for email. It's about, yeah, but I would. But i it's it's a lot better for everyone if you just go and speak to them. You know, particularly if it if it's you know, a question and you're trying to find out what's going on or check like emails, uh toning emails can get misunderstood so quickly. in regards, yes.
1: Yeah. And when you're going back and forth on, on something, yeah, and you're right, like it's just taking the time to get out of your classroom and go and have a chat with somebody and you can probably sorted out in a minute rather than 10 emails back and forth
2: and you can get a sausage roll on the way if you go for walk.
0: i think fucking well-being is about sausage rolls you need a better canteen
1: i tell you anyone that brought me a coffee into the classroom they always got a yes isn't that how we got together
2: did
0: not talk about the sausage roll he gave you hey. <laughs> tell us anna this is your this is your time for a shameless plug what can you do for schools this is your, this is your, we used to love doing this. Remember we used to do this for um, developing ideas, the elevator pitch. Yes. We physically yep. took kids into the elevator. You're like, right. You've gotten from the third floor to reception, six kids or whatever. And it was just like, right. Don't, and don't think about it too much because, you know,
2: we, of we, the seven listeners that regularly download our podcast, their well-being is fine because they get to listen to us
0: every week. Yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, fuck, I'm way more stable than these two pricks. <laughs> yeah.
1: Right, and I'll actively try not to use big words. Yeah. Ding! All right. So I come into schools from the perspective of looking at well-being. And I help schools to assess and be proactive then about well-being. Sometimes means that I work with leadership on a philosophy and we put in programs. I run workshops and trainings to help with well-being and I also teach teachers how to teach well-being to students are you going up or down <laughs> I think I might have to go back up again
0: first floor um why is my robot elevator voice always English I
1: do does that make sense what I'm saying it does
0: it does tell, tell me tell us more yes. about teaching teachers how to teach well-being to kids because normally it's just a slideshow with has anyone tried mindfulness
1: well <laughs> Here's
2: a colouring in book of fucking mandala's.
0: Yeah. Let's let's go outside for some well-being time.
1: Well, that's yeah, I mean, the reason I got into to this, so what as you lads know, I was a teacher and I used to find that I was a primary school teacher, and I used to find that um anytime we were told here's an hour, teach well-being once a week, and we hadn't a dog's notion of what to do. And most of the time, like you ended up outside with the kids, giving them free time. Going, yeah, surely this is, must be good for their well-being. But like in secondary, as design teachers, like what do you cover for well-being?
0: Oh, fuck, the whole subject is just, it's
2: just a, it is when Kids come because it's fucking good, and they don't have to deal with fucking constant summative tasks.
0: Yeah, true. But yeah, that's it. It's like the it's a break from the norm. Yeah, it's why kids love going to. P or the arts or design because they're getting a break from the normal thing. So it's like, can we offer them something unusual and authentic and can we explore a different strength of theirs that's not normally explored?
2: Yeah. And that's our challenge is to then to find out how to do that by still meeting those, you know, the, the standards or the strands, whatever you need to cover.
1: Yeah. Well, it's like, so a lot of times at schools, well-being as well, will often just cover like physical well-being and you know, where you do sex ed and developmental stuff. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But there's also the psychological well-being that I deal with is encouraging and teaching kids how to be like proactive about their mental health. Because just because you're not mentally ill doesn't necessarily mean you're mentally healthy. So being able to teach kids, people, teachers, employees, leaders, whoever, about how to be proactive in that sense, the things that you can do to build mental health. Mm. That's what I focus on. So like there's certain things um, and we call them like positive psychology interventions. And they're actually like little um, activities that you can can do that are proven to increase your happiness levels.
0: If you say visual thinking routine, I'll throw this mic at you.
1: <laughs> Absolutely not. Well, there's a there's one that we do every day.
0: Well, we can't say that on air.
1: So, <laughs> 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 reframing something. So we we actually do this every day. Rather than going <laughs> stop it. Rather than saying right when you come home from from work and you turn around to Mel and you go. How was your day? Do you do that? It's
2: about to get a whole lot better.
1: Oh, Christ. <laughs> Sorry, I
0: broke And then she walks yeah. out the door and she's like, fucking right it is. Uh <laughs> That's right, I'm going for a massage.
1: <laughs> but even like reframing how you do that. So, like rather than yes. going, right, how was your day? And then you talk about like nine times a day you probably go into shit that happened in the day. Yeah. You know, you go, oh, This happened, this was a shit show. Uh yeah. He'd cut their finger off in the band so that kind of thing right whereas like uh one that a way of reframing that that we brought into our daily lives <laughs> you go "All right, tell me something good that happened today
0: yeah, Positive. yeah. mel's mel's mum does that a lot yeah so. or if, if you know somebody said a shit day we do the are you it's like no not what happens what happened was absolute clusterfuck just get away from it. Yeah, glad to be home. Yeah, and then you're like, okay, cool, we're done. We're not yeah. home. What are you grateful for today?
1: Yes, yeah. exactly. I'm
2: grateful that it's three thirty and I'm not there anymore.
1: <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> but there is a bit of compartmentalizing because teachers tend to live their they live their classes. I like yeah. emails at ten o'clock. So there's it's not the healthiest thing in the world, but
2: mm-hmm.
0: just leaving work. I watched a I watched a good interview with um, Sir John Kerwell
2: and the other the other week because he's with his groove. Um, I think it's all about mental health in the workplace and everything. And he was saying, you know, he, he learned how to deal with his, and he goes, everyone, everyone has mental health problems, issues. He goes, there's just people that are a lot better at controlling it and yeah. keeping it where it needs to be than others.
1: It's not like it's one linear thing either that you're either mentally or you're mentally healthy you can you can have people with like diagnosed mental illness that are the healthiest mentally healthiest people that you'll that Mm. you'll come across because they're proactive about it and it is ultimately it comes down to being proactive um and simple things that we were talking about like having boundaries acknowledging your boundaries actually like sticking by them and yeah you know, saying to somebody that's not okay with me—that's too much. And um, this is what I'm going to do. Uh, I, I and again, like back when I was teaching, I remember I used to. One of my things that I needed to do for good headspace was at least a couple of times a week I would go for a walk at lunchtime. And I remember, uh, uh, the principal that I had at the time pulled me on it.
2: Mm. Oh,
1: dear. Yeah, like, well, it was like, I've noticed that you've been leaving every school uh, every day between this time and this time. So, yeah, it's my lunchtime. And you're like, oh, it's nice for some. Yeah.
2: And, and I wish I had I wish I had a lunch.
1: Exactly. I
2: do, you just choose not to take it. You choose to be a That's boring exactly bastard. It. Yeah. That's yeah, exactly it. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It's like, yeah. You're a martyr. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I'm it's it's within my control and my power how i spend my lunch time if i want to go for a walk great if i want to sit with a friend and eat and chat fine if i want to get through some work that's my prerogative but that's within my control and that's something that i can i can make decisions on and nobody should make you feel that you can't do that mm. people do but nobody should I wonder is it worth exploring. We're going to have
2: a fucking revolution after this episode comes out. There's going to be teachers fucking walking off the job everywhere. That's, that's what
1: you find. You All just seven of them. <laughs> Anna McMahon said, I can go for a walk at lunchtime if I want to go for a walk at lunchtime. No, because then,
0: yeah. then, then they'll, they'll mistake mistaken. It's like some McMahon. Breakers. I just kept running. <laughs> I
1: would <just laughs> run,
2: Morris.
0: Yeah. It's funny, though. Like People think they don't have the time to eat lunch. They don't have the time to do this. Mm. Are kids reading the 25 pages of feedback you're giving them? No. Just relax a small bit. You know, there probably isn't that much work to do if you really sit down and reflect on it.
1: Nobody is going to die if you're a day late with the marking. And if you're constantly Thank God,
0: right of a body (laughs) count.
1: If you're constantly late with your marking, then you need to look at that and say, well, what's wrong? Am I marking too much? Am I being too tight on my own with the deadlines, what can I change about it? I think
2: sometimes too, it's it's those, like you can control that, right? As a, as a classroom teacher, you can control, you can work out your marking schedule, you can, okay, I'm going to get it back at these sort of times. I think what's then tips teachers over the edge is when they're constantly given extra things that they have no control of and they're given a debt, you know, someone comes down and says you need to get this done by tomorrow i've got to send it off it's these other things that you know when we're working with our system putting the things in taking the things out when we're doing it ourselves yep it's easy but when someone else is then taking things out as well yeah mm. that's when it throws out your your equilibrium and that's where then you you start to have problems with your your well-being
1: yeah yeah, you're right. When there's, you're you're being influenced by somebody else's decisions. Mm. But again, like, and I keep harping on about it, but that's where you go back and you speak up and you go, hang on a second. That's not okay. You can't come to me at four o'clock on a Thursday and tell me you need it by 9 a.m. on Friday. Because if you keep doing that and you keep putting yourself under the pressure to get it done, why would anyone stop asking you to do it?
0: Mm. Yeah, it was a good, given most piece of cheese. He's going to want the whole block. So,
1: yeah, like if you're giving in, if you're constantly giving into it and you're, uh, whether it's a leader or your head of department or whoever, and they know that's fine. I can go to Dave and Dave will get it done within overnight. He obviously doesn't mind. No. And I can rely on him. And he, then they're going to keep coming to you and keep getting you to do that. So, what you're
0: saying to me is, if I lower everyone's expectations of me, they'll
1: leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> what I'm saying is, speak up for yourself and just start saying no. Advocacy. All right. What's something good that happened today, Jesse?
0: Oh, that's a good way to end it.
1: Um, something good that to happened today. I
2: oh, look. I'm in, I'm enjoying this time of the year with the with the kids at the moment. Um, like everyone's back at school now. We don't have any online learners um, and we're just getting all stuck into practicals. So there's there's no sitting looking at a screen anymore. There's no fucking writing shit down doing it. It's just everyone is in there doing things. And for a lot of these kids, this is the first sort of real practical, you know, go on the tools that they've had, for for two years. so We've got some kids, this is like they've, they've just come back to school for the first time in over two years. They've been away at home. So it's good. It's good to see them, you know, happy to be in the classroom, seeing their friends that they've only ever seen online sort of thing, cutting shit and making mistakes and learning from
0: it. Yeah, it's funny how none of what we say good happens ever revolves around... Fucking strategic goals or any of that shit. It's all
2: about- no, because I think that's the under that's that's the underlying stuff, right? That's the fabric. So that should be there. That leads to this sort of stuff. Yeah, that should be. It shouldn't just be. Oh well, it's only happening now because we're back in the classroom. It should be like that because that's the way it happens. And like those, those strategic things and what of. Nick cultural anchors, those types of things. Uh, yeah, kids are happy and safe at school, but staff are happy and feel safe at school and want to be there. And that then that's what then makes the kids happy.
0: You can't fill from an empty jug. So, like, kids are going to be happy if we're happy. So, concentrate on yourself. Be a little bit selfish, Arthur.
1: Uh I know I don't think. Well, I don't think it is selfish. You know, you're right. You can't fill from an empty jug, and Research shows happier teachers, happier students. So if you're not modeling good well-being in yourself, your your kid your students aren't picking up on that. And it has like a you know a knock-on effect. Whereas the majority of teachers I speak to, and you ask that question, like who tell me something good that happened today, I'd say 99% of the time, they're talking about their student interactions student interactions and collegial interactions and a lot of it has to do with going and chatting to a mate chatting to a friend not about school stuff but that social interaction that we were talking about <laughs>
2: yeah oh fuck what I, oh i fucking did the best unit reflection today Oh shit! Sure, yeah <laughs> awesome
0: you should see the task specific clarification i wrote today oh Something good. To, uh, kids finished projects. There was actually finished bits of furniture in my room today. Um, I, I took great solace in watching a, a a grade ten paint a bumblebee on the side of her cabinet that she'd made. <laughs> it was brilliant. She's obviously fucking very proud. Paint. She'd be fucking banned. Paint. Well, paint's covering up a lot of crimes this year. <laughs> Literally painting over the cracks. So, yeah, yeah. The kids are taking pride in their work, which is cool. That was a good thing happening today. Again, student interactions. There you go. All right. So, Anna, where can we find you as as opposed to right beside me now as we record this? But <laughs> where can other people who are interested in increasing their staff well-being, their student well-being, their own well-being, um, where can they find you?
1: This is where I get my shameless plug-in. You already
0: got one of those. So just let's 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 keep it. let's keep it short. Okay.
1: Uh, you can check out my website www.enhancedwellbeing.org. I'm also on Instagram at Enhanced.Wellbeing and Twitter at, at EnhancedWB.
0: The bluebird. We are also yeah. on, um, at TLF underscore tweets where we will be retweeting Enhanced Wellbeing just in case you missed that along with all the information in the show notes. So when you click on that link, at least fucking thank us for it. Yeah, give us a mention.
2: That's what yeah, you. it'll help with our fucking well being.
1: I will. I will. Thanks. You no, me- not
2: you, the <laughs> listeners.
1: <laughs> yeah, all seven. I'll all. just keep clicking on your links and you just keep They just keep them. taking.
0: They never give. Yeah. We're, we give and we give and we give
1: and we well, give. There Sorry. you go. You can ask your listeners to list one good thing that happened in their day. How about mm. that?
0: That sounds like a eight, social eight. media post with some interaction built in episode two dropped <laughs> <laughs> cool so um, I'd like to say we know what's happening next week but we don't do it no. no no we don't so it's a busy week uh, so yeah we'll we will have an episode next week um, it's a mystery
1: Ooh.
0: we're so fucking prepared um, yeah, it's, it's silly season so we have to, we have to write reports and shit uh, so, yeah, we'll have an episode next week. Um, we will be back uh, next Friday with another Learning Factory podcast. Um, other than that, it has been, genuinely, speaking... Happy days. Happy day. Anna?
1: Yeah, happy days. You have been listening to the Learning Factory. End of recording.